0: Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's Word and His presence to change your life. Good morning. How's everybody doing? You are awake? Are you sure? Sometimes when it gets all deep and intimate in worship, we kind of just need to like, you can either stay there or you can just kind of come out and just like shake it off, right? Not all the way, you know, because it's all good, but like, all right. I'm up, I'm out, I'm out of the deep waters. Well, y'all look good, y'all doing all right? All right, let's just be honest. Can we start with just a little bit of confession this morning? Is that all right? Just a little confession, a little repentance, right? Can we just, you are like, oh gosh, what are we doing? Come on, if you had some goals for 2024 and you already broke them, just throw your hand up. Just, it's time to just get it out there. There you go. does it feel better? Do you feel better now? All right, we're good. Aren't you glad that, that your righteousness is not based on your works but his? Come on, right? Um, uh, <clears throat> this is, I want to kind of piggyback off of that because I want to dive into something we started last week uh, on just you know, New Year's Eve and kind of talked around setting goals and plans and and all that. Uh, You know, the typical New Year's Eve message from the pastor at the church, you know, but I really felt the Lord was on it and um, and wanted us to go that direction. So we're going to kind of continue that today and dive a little bit deeper into some of the things we talked about. If you didn't make it last Sunday, don't worry, we'll catch you up. Um, Before we do anything else, let's jump into some Word, and then we'll kind of we'll kind of back our way out of that and go go forward. So, if you have your Bible, open up to Ephesians chapter six. Ephesians chapter six. We're going to be in verses ten through eighteen. I'm going to read out of the New King James Version because I'm feeling extra spiritual today. All right. All right. Verse ten says this: Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. If you're ever looking for a scripture to remember and to declare over your life and to memorize, this is one of them. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Should come out of your mouth regularly, amen. Isn't that good news this morning that we are strong? We don't, we're not strong in, in our abilities. We're not strong in our gifts. We're not strong in the fact that we're on the, the perfect path or a little bit off or going the, or we're weak because we're going in a whole different direction than God has. No, no, no. We are strong in one thing, and it's him. We're strong in the Lord. We're not strong in our own power, though. We're strong in the power of whose might? His might. Stand, therefore, having girded up, girded your waist with truth. By the way, if he repeats a word in scripture, it's probably there for a reason and repeated for a reason. Everyone just say stand. Stand. Having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Now we're, we'll dive into what all this means today here in a moment. Um, but before we do that, you know, last week what what I kind of got into was talking about five rhythms or five pillars, five foundational things to put into your life, especially when it comes to vision for 2024. These are kind of, it's kind of general, general vision for you that will help you and encourage you and move you along in your relationship with God this year. Um, And I'm gonna, I'm gonna go over those really, really quickly here in just a moment, but before we did before we get to those five, we have to remember first that when it comes to vision for our life, we have to value it and believe it before it ever takes root in our heart. Um, I want to I encourage you again for the second week, for you to value and for you to believe in having vision for your life. It's important that we as believers, that we have vision. It's important that we have goals. It's important that we have plans. Why am I saying this? I'm saying this because we have a history with vision, goals and plans, don't we? What's our history with vision? What's our history with goals and plans? Well, for most of us, our history with goals and plans is we break them. We don't follow through. We, we fail at the plan. We, we don't reach the goal all the way. And, and, what's, and if we're not careful, what will happen is because of our history with goals, plans, vision, we, we, we don't want to face failure again. We don't want to feel making that mistake again. And so we'll just throw the baby out with the bathwater and say, like, ah, forget vision, forget plans, and forget goals. All I do is break them anyway. What's the use? I'd rather just stay happy and just see what happens. How do I know? Because I was there. I've been there. What is the point of setting more New Year's resolutions? Because I know I'm just going to break them anyway. And if we're not careful, we'll discount and disvalue vision. The only problem with that is that's not scriptural. The only problem is that's not how we're called to live as believers. Proverbs 29, 18 says what? It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Perish. Hear me today. You were made by God. It is in your DNA to need vision. You need vision. I have, I have even natural proof. You know, you know how much we need vision? Just look at an 18-year-old boy that has none. What are they doing? Whatever they want. <laughs> and 18, we might as well just bump that age all the way up to... 35-ish, maybe? When is, when is our, when's our brain actually developed scientifically? It's like 27 or something like that. Girls, it's like seven. So y'all just give us, give us some time, all right? God did it. It wasn't us. It was him. <clears throat> we need vision. It, it, it gives us purpose. But not only does that does it give us purpose, hear me today, vision doesn't just give us purpose, it provides protection. Because when we have protection... When we have vision, we have protection. We put restraints in our life that say, hey, you don't get to do that because the vision is this way. So we have to, I wanna encourage you, value you have to value vision. You have to believe that you need it in your life. And we, and we stepped into five things that I think um, were, were that, that could provide some general vision for your life. Number one, it was to remember that God operates in seasons. So important that you remember that God operates in seasons. Why is it important that we remember that? Because we, we, we need to understand the way that God works so that we know what he's doing in our life. If we know that he works in seasons, we know that a lot of times seasons change. You will you just, I'm, I'm not, this is not prophetic. It's just truth. You're gonna go through multiple seasons this year. You're gonna go through multiple seasons spiritually, which tells me this. You are going to need multiple vision. Realize that wasn't right when that came out, so I just got to add the S at the end. <clears throat> you're going to have multiple visions for your life. There's a time to dance. There's a time to weep. There's a time for war, a time for peace. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 talks about this. So remember that God operates in seasons. Number two, fight when you're supposed to fight. This year you're going to have some battles. You're going to have some trials. You need to learn to fight when you're supposed to fight. Number three, celebrate when, you're, when, when you have something to celebrate. The body of Christ needs to learn this one. Maybe most of all, (laughs) to celebrate when we have something to celebrate. That doesn't mean we just celebrate when there's only something to celebrate, but we we dang sure better celebrate when we do have something to celebrate, amen? Number four, stay well-nourished in the word of God. We have to stay well-nourished or nothing else works. Number five, some vision for 2024, take a risk, take a risk. Now, as I was studying for that message and as I was actually preaching it to you last week, What I discovered is there was one that stuck out to me. There was one that I I felt like the Lord was really on. And it was the point of fighting when you're supposed to fight. And that's what I wanna talk to you about today. This is the one that I wanna dive deeper into is, what does it mean to fight when we're supposed to fight? What does it look like to fight as a believer? What does it look like to fight against the enemy? What does Ephesians chapter six mean that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and rulers of darkness? Like, like what does that mean? How do, we, how, do we, how do we do this thing called fighting in the kingdom? I think that it, it might be a little bit different than you might have thought. So um, let's dive into this today. Let's just start with prayer. So Lord, we come to you right now. We, uh, we surrender our heart. We even we surrender our plans for today, what we have to do after this, all the things we got to get into, all the we we eliminate every sink by faith, we eliminate every distraction because it's time to be in the word. It's time to be in the word. It's time to be in your presence. It's time to, to dive in and let you, what you say mold and shape us. So we just say today that we are fertile ground. Would you just say that? Say I'm fertile ground. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 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 <clears throat> um, I'll start with just asking you this question. Have you ever found yourself in a situation that you were unprepared for? All the parents just raise your hand. <laughs> I had a kid. I'm officially unprepared for everything, it seems like, right? Maybe it's it's just the the parenting, the 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 challenges of parenting, maybe you, you found yourself in a conversation with a close friend or someone at work and you were having a great day, everything was going good, and then all of a sudden, here they come, they're offended, they're ticked off at you, something happened, and they just bombard you with this, this moment and you're just completely caught off guard and you are unprepared, right? Um, another example, uh, high school, college students, your teacher walks in, and they're led by the enemy that morning and they give you a pop quiz <laughs> and you're completely unprepared, right? And you're like, why would you do that? Like, what's the matter with you, number one? You need prayer, right? But you're, you're just, it's not fun to be unprepared, is it? It's not fun to be caught off guard. It's, it's much nicer in life when you can be prepared for whatever comes your way. Uh, Obviously, many of you know that I've spent a lot of time in the athletic world and playing sports. You know that because every example I give is sports, but we're gonna do another one anyway. And, um, but, but what I've what I found, I've been around a lot of coaches in my life. You open up my phone, I got at least 30 coaches numbers in my phone. It's just like, coach so-and-so, coach so-and-so, coach so-and-so, I don't even know their first name, they're just coach. I've been around a lot of coaches and what I've discovered uh, about, there, there's a difference between good coaches and bad coaches. A lot of differences. But one of the things I want to point out today, you know what a good coach is good at? They're good at preparing their team for whatever the opponent might throw at them. See, you know what a good coach does? A good coach watches film on their opponent. They, they learn the, the tendencies of their opponent. They learn the schemes of the opponent. They learn what the opponent might throw out at, at them. They, they learn the weapons of the other team and of the opponent. And then what, if they're a good coach, you know what they do? They, they're, they're good at actually preparing their team for what the opposition might bring. Now, <clears throat> a good coach doesn't just prepare their team for the opponent. They also know that they're supposed to do what they're supposed to do. They don't get too concentrated on what the opponent might do because they're still going to go out. They're going to run their plays. They're going to run their offense. They're going to run their defense. They're going to do what they've been practicing, their vision for their team. They're going to go out in accomplishment, but they are very aware and they are very prepared for what the opponent might throw at them. Why am I bringing up this example? Because it's a perfect analogy for our fight in the kingdom. And we actually, you know what? We have a better coach than that's ever walked the face of the earth. His name is Jesus. And he laid out a playbook called the Word of God. And it will get you prepared for anything that the enemy might throw at you. See, Scripture is is, is actually like our coach. And you know what Scripture actually teaches us to do? It teaches us to, number one, go out and do what we were created to do. We go out and advance the kingdom, we share the gospel, we preach the gospel, we heal the sick, raise the dead as earth as it is on, uh, on earth as it is in heaven. We go out. We're not we're not focused on our opponent, but we're actually focused on our savior and we're going out to accomplish something and take over the kingdom of darkness with the kingdom of light. That's what that Bible teaches us. But you know what else it teaches us? It teaches us to be pre- be prepared if the enemy shows up. Hey, go out and do your thing. But be prepared in case the enemy shoots an arrow at you, a fiery dart like scripture says. You know what I've discovered when it comes to fighting the enemy? This is what we're talking about today. Fighting when we're supposed to fight, fighting the enemy. You know what I've discovered is that half the battle when it comes to fighting the enemy is simply being prepared. your fight against the enemy. You know what it looks like? It looks like you being prepared. Look at what Ephesians chapter six says again, verse 10. It says, finally my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Put on the whole armor. Put on the whole armor of God. Why? So you'll be able to stand, resist, be prepared for whatever the enemy might actually throw at at you. You know what that that phrase, that you'll be able, you will be able, when you translate it in the Greek, you know what it translates to? It translates to power. Here's what the scripture says. Put on the armor of God so you'll have power. Let me say it this way. Prepare so that you'll have power. Be ready so that you'll have power. Be, be alert, be aware of the schemes and the wiles of the devil. Why? So that you'll have power. You know what the, <laughs> Scripture doesn't really teach? This is what, when, I start, when we start talking about the enemy and we start fighting back, fighting the enemy, we're, we're called to fight, we're called to stand. Most of us, you know what we picture? I did not plan this, but I'm so glad I brought my pocket knife today. This, we, we, this is what we picture. It's time to fight the enemy. And we're just like, where's he at? <laughs> Seeing the, behind the keys, the drum cage. I will stab him in the pancreas if he comes out. I, I, will, I will get him. I'm gonna slice him up. Where is he? Come on, you met Christians like this. There is a demon behind every garbage can, every corner. It's just like, well, I'm telling you why you're in a bad mood. It's because that demon is like, no, it's because you haven't eaten. That's why you're in a bad mood, eh? It's just eat some food, bro. Like, you'll be fine. And we think, like, like you, 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 know, you know those people. They are, they are wired to fight. Some of y'all are real nervous because you realize... I don't know what to do with this thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I need a football, not a knife. You know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> but they, they live their life. Hear me. Picking fights, they don't need to pick. It is unwise to fight, to pick a fight with the enemy. It's unwise. I'm, I'm not saying that there are... I'm not saying that there are not moments when you are in prayer and you and you feel the Lord leading you to push back the kingdom of darkness and start to fight. There is that. But every most of the things that I read about fighting the enemy, you know what they, you know what they deal with? They deal with putting on armor and resisting. Notice, notice the armor of God. Notice that the majority of it is defensive, it's protection. It's the belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, helmet, shoes, shield, sword. I haven't studied this too much, but Bill Johnson said it, so I, it's probably good. This sword is not some big old sword in the stone sword. It's, it's like, a, it's, it's a little sword. It's even a defensive weapon in, in itself. What is Paul teaching us? What does scripture actually portray? We're not, it's it's, that, that we are protected, that we have armor on in case the fiery darts come. We are ready, like a good coach teaches us, we are ready and we are prepared whenever the enemy shows up. This is why I told you last week, fight when you're supposed to fight. What else am I saying? Don't fight when you're not supposed to. Now you, now you could argue, man, it's a fight every day. I get that. But man, there are, Scripture says there are seasons, times of war, and there are times of peace. And because God does not make us do anything, you can fight in a time of peace if you want to. You can. You can pick a battle that had no need picking. See, I, I look at Scripture and it says, oh, oh, it says just put on armor and get ready. Get prepared. Doesn't say the weapons are of our warfare. It's it's the it's the bazooka of truth. The machine gun of righteousness. The sniper rifle of peace. It's not that. The tank of the gospel of peace. And that's how many people do it. They're just like a tank. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to save everybody. And they bulldoze through everyone. It's like, actually just be, it's actually the gospel of, of peace. That'd help if it was peaceful when he did it. <clears throat> See, <clears throat> half the battle, if not more, when it comes to the enemy, is us just being prepared. Look at First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. It says, be alert and of sober mind. Be alert. I can say it this way. Be prepared. Be ready. Be on guard. Have your armor on. Be alert, be of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. I think it's worth noting here that the the enemy is not a lion. He prowls around like a lion. Don't give him more credit than he deserves. But notice, be alert, be of sober mind. Why? Why? Because your enemy is, I would argue this, your enemy is roaming around looking for somebody who doesn't have armor on. That's not to scare you, that's not to live in fear, that's not to live in guilt. I'm just talking about what scripture talks about. There is an enemy, there are demons, there are principalities, they're looking, they're not looking to hang out and have a party. They're not enjoying life. They're looking to wreck yours. Truth. Can I get an amen? It's just true. And a lot of times, the, the battle that we face, this is not black and white, truth, what I'm about to say, but a lot of times, it's because we don't have our armor on. I'll also say this. If you wait until the battle to put your armor on, it's too late. Doesn't mean you can't overcome. Doesn't mean you, doesn't mean you can't get it on, but you're just going to be getting smacked in the face with arrows as you're getting it on. <laughs> if you wait, if you wait for the battle, And it shows up at your doorstep. You don't want to find yourself in an oh crap moment where you turn and be like, hold on a second, my armor's in the closet and you got to run and get dressed. The enemy's not going to stop at your screen door. He's going to come in. Do people still have screen doors? I just feel like I took us back for just a second. Um, And we don't even have porches here anymore, really. You know what I'm saying? Like, he is... He is ready to battle. He is ready to fight. This is why I have to live prepared. We have to live ready. We have to live resisting. Verse 9 goes on. It says, resist him, standing firm in the faith. doesn't say go fight him. It says resist him, which tells me this. I was living my life pursuing the kingdom of God. He came, and I resisted. He brought the fight. Again, I'm not saying that we don't ever bring the fight. Y'all know me, I'm an offensive guy. It don't matter what I like to do, I, 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 I wanna live according to scripture. Scripture says resist. Scripture says put on the armor. Scripture says get ready. Scripture says be prepared. All right. I believe this with all my heart, hear me today. It's even, I'm not struggling preaching on the enemy, but there, I, I feel like I need to give this d- disclaimer. As the people of God, we are not created to be enemy focused. We're created to be, it is wise for us to be enemy aware and enemy prepared. But we are. What is enemy focused? Where's my pocket knife? <laughs> Every day you wake up and before you grab your toothbrush, you're grabbing your pocket knife. You're, we're not called to live enemy focused. Focus on things above, not the things of this earth. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, not the enemy. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. We're called to intimacy with him and to love him and to worship him and to him to love us and and, and, and for us to advance his kingdom and to do his will and to steward the good things that he's given us. There are, there are numerous things we could talk about of what we're called to do in the kingdom. That is how you should wake up. That is where your, your focus should be. And all I'm telling you to do today is um, put your armor on when you do it. Oh, I'm, I'm advancing the kingdom? How am I doing that? I'm advancing it with my helmet, with my belt, with my breastplate of righteousness, with my shield of faith, with the pe- the shoes of peace, I'm, I'm rocking and rolling with my word, and I'm going, and this is what will happen. All of a sudden you're going, and all of a sudden you'll be like, well, there was an arrow. How'd that get through? By the way, this is so distracting. There's a little picture of a woman in this speaker, and every time I turn this way, I can't think. get behind me Satan not you you're not Satan, but who did that Blake did you do that okay moving on I'm distracted what are we talking about Ephesians 6 all right I need to be stronger in the Lord and the power of his mind I can't even (laughs) picture It just throws me off I saw it last Sunday though so I had to take care of it before I forgot all right but I I lost y'all all All right Squirrel. Um, But I am am fighting, or I'm sorry, I'm advancing the kingdom with armor. I'm not, I'm aware. I'm aware. Like a good coach would coach his team up and you go into that game. I'm going into that game. What am I thinking about? I ain't thinking about all the stuff that they're gonna do. I'm thinking about what I'm gonna do. And when something comes up, I'm ready, because I'm studied, I'm alert. Can we just get a little bit, little bit of football talk for just a second? If they send a blitz off the weak side, I either know it's picked up or not and I gotta get rid of it and hit my hot. That didn't make any sense to many people, but it was scriptural, okay? <clears throat> I'm, just, I'm just alert, I'm ready but I'm focused on him. So I'll close with a couple things. What does it look like to be prepared? How do we, if it's so important, if half the battle is to be ready and to be prepared, how do we get prepared? We get prepared by standing in the armor. We get prepared, we're ready. Where does the power come from? The armor. I, I think this can be confusing at times because it, if, I, if, I, if I were to leave you with, man, when you leave this week, I want you to put on the helmet of salvation. I want you to put the breastplate of righteousness on, put on that belt of truth, the gospel of peace on your shoes, man. Do all that. And you're going to be like, amen, let's do it. And then you get to, get to Monday and you're like, is it a, metaf- a metaphorical helmet? Like, what do I, okay, do I, what do I do? What does it mean to put on the helmet of salvation? What does it it mean to put on the breastplate of righteousness? Now, just make it simple. That list is just a list of things God has given you to protect and guard you. Truth, righteousness, peace, the gospel, being ready to share the gospel. Did you know that just being ready to share the gospel protects you? Why? Because as me being ready to share the gospel, I'm living in the will of God. I'm living with his plans and his purpose, not just mine. And I'm okay, I'm ready to share God whenever you would, when you would have me share. Oh, okay, you're one of those. I'm gonna direct your steps, I'm gonna speak to you, I'm gonna say go here. Is he ever gonna lead you into the enemy's trap? Is he ever gonna lead you into harm? No, he's good. It's just being ready. Faith, the sword of the spirit, praying in the spirit, all these things, they are resources and they are tools given to you to be ready. What does it look like to put on the belt of truth? It looks, like, it looks like you living in truth. You wanna know one of the things that will protect you and have you ready? Live in truth. What does it mean to live in truth? Number one, tell the truth. Tell the truth. Be true with where you're at. Be true with the relationships that you're in. We're not hiding things, we're not, you know, sweeping things under the rug, we're we're just, we're living in truth. What does that mean? It means I don't, I, I'm not living in, in my feelings. I'm not living in my thoughts. No, I'm living by the word of God, which is absolute truth. And whatever it says goes. And I operate and live in truth. How, how, do I, how do I stay prepared and how do I get ready? How do I put on that belt of truth? Read the truth. Listen to the truth. Talk about the truth. Worship with the truth. Be around truth. It holds everything else together. Why is it so important to have truth in your life? Because the enemy, you want to, one of the ways that he fights, he fights with lies. He says that he's the accuser of the brethren. You know what, he, he, he will accuse you of lies. Things that don't happen, things, he will accuse you, he will say things about you, he will tell you things about you that aren't true. Hear me today, the battle The battle's not out here or out there. You know where the main battle is? Right here. Here's your battleground. Joyce Meyer taught us this years and years ago. Battle, the the mind is the, whatever she said. (laughs) I'm done preaching. (laughs) It happens here. When you wake up, it can hit you. I, there have been times in my life, don't, just so you know, so you're not crazy. You don't think you're crazy. There have been times in my life where I've woken up, and it was like the enemy was right there waiting to, to shoot a, a fiery dart as soon as I woke up. Before I could even have my coffee. How dare him. Before I could even think. It was like he was ready. To accuse. To bring lies. Accusations. Shame, guilt, that's what he does. How do I combat that? I live in truth. I live in the truth of God's word. You know, if you don't live in truth, guess what you've done? You give the enemy more weapons. not living in truth and hiding things or things are in the dark. He has something to pick at. He has something to accuse at. He has something to talk to you about. This is why just living in truth looks like you even involving other brothers and sisters in your life where you bring things out of darkness into light. And just, I'll tell you this, if you'll just do that, that will win the battle. Simple, just open your mouth and say it. Say what's going on, let people into your world. It brings healing, it brings wholeness, it brings the belt of truth and brings protection into your life. What about righteousness? The breastplate of righteousness, why is it a breastplate of righteousness? I believe it's that, it's that is because, because righteousness needs to get out of your head and needs to get down into your spirit and into your soul. The, the, the fact that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus Literally, if you, once you get it out of here and you believe it, you get it in your believer, it becomes a breastplate that protects you. I walk around as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Is this making sense? It, I believe it here. I feel it here. I believe I'm a son. I believe that I'm a daughter of the Most High. I believe that I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And what I, what I ultimately, ultimately believe is that my righteousness is by grace through faith. No matter what I've said, done, the sin in my life, still, the mess- ups, the past, how good or how it doesn't matter. My works don't matter. My righteousness is based on His work. Right. This is the ultimate battle. This is the biggest battle. This is what he comes at you. With. It's the hardest thing that he's coming out with people, is to convince you of your identity in Christ. Convince you different. You're not a son. He won't do that for you, He won't do that for you. Oh, you messed up, you ain't righteous. And it robs you of power and it robs you of protection. So I let righteousness, a belief in, righteous, in my righteousness in Christ, literally become my armor. Last one I'll just, I'll get to and then I'll close is faith, the shield of faith. Hear me this last point. You know what Paul says about faith? He says, do this one above all the rest. That's a big statement. He gives all the weapons, all or, or I'm sorry, all the protection, and he says, above all else, shield of faith. How do I I be prepared? How do I be ready for the fiery darts of the enemy? I live a life of faith. I live a life believing. I live a life risking and going after it. I live a life, um, I'm reading the word and letting letting faith come in me and grow me. We are made to believe in something. You're believing in something right now. This is why there's more scriptures that say, do not fear than anything else. Why? Fear is the opposite of faith. Amen. Amen. And you know what? I know, I know a lot of you, and you've been through some hard stuff. You've been through some hard circumstances, some extremely tragic ex- uh, experiences. And you know what those experiences try to do? They try to poke holes in your shield. They try to get you to stop believing. They try to rob you of faith. Come on, are you listening today? So what, what, what is, why is this above all? Because it's, it's the most powerful thing, and it's the thing that we're probably battling against the most is disbelief. You realize what you could do if you if 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 you believed you could. There's a scripture about that. Mountains, oceans, trees, stuff. They got to listen. <clears throat> and so I pick up my shield. I I believe when I wake up, I'm believing. I'm believing for something. I'm believing God's word. I'm letting his truth get in me. And I'm living a life of faith. Amen. Now, all that, it might sound pretty complicated. It might sound honestly, I'm tired right now. You know what I mean? I'm like, gosh, this sounds like a lot to do. And I I gotta do all that before I get going in the morning. Like, how am I how this is. There's a lot of stuff out there. What's amazing is that it all comes from one place. If you have a physical Bible, would you hold it up? How do you put on the belt of truth? Right there. How do you put on the breastplate of righteousness? Right there. How do you put on the helmet of salvation? Right there. How do you adorn your feet with the gospel of peace? Right there. Where's that shield of faith at? Right there. Everything that you need, every preparation, every readiness, whatever you need, it is found simply. In the moments when you wake up and you feel unspiritual (laughs) and you're asking the Holy Spirit, where am I going to read today? And you don't hear anything. And so you do the right there. And you begin to read. And his life-giving word begins to become truth and righteousness and peace and joy and salvation and renews your mind. It ain't hard. Every day you spend in that word prepares you and readies readies you